Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed and on today's show, we're talking about Paris Saint-Germain's season coming to an end with only one trophy to show for their efforts and look ahead to where PSG really excels and that's the transfer market. Joining me today to help reflect on what some are calling a disappointing season and look ahead to how the team can improve, we have Kose Espinosa. Kose, it's been a minute since we had a, a chance to chat, but how are things on your end? Is everything good? Hi, everything's looking good. You know, I'm just happy to be here, uh, excited for the summer, and, uh, you know, just can't wait to put this season behind us. <laughs> and that's what this podcast is for. Let's let's bury this thing. I'm wearing black. You know, it's kind of like a funeral. Let's just bury this <laughs> This disappointing season, which a lot of people are calling it that. I'm salty over this, uh, not winning the league. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's good for league. I wanted to win it. And so I'm very salty. I'm, I'm not over it yet. For me, this has been a season of missed opportunities. PSG lost the league because they lost to teams like Lorient and Marseille, teams that they shouldn't be losing to. Uh, I tried to hold out hope on that last day. I thought maybe they can win and maybe Leo would drop some points, but... That miracle did not happen, unfortunately. So for you, when you look back on the season, what went wrong? Why didn't PSG win the league? Oof. Um, and, you know, it's hard to tell because I think that it's been a combination of multiple things, you know, sporting reasons. Obviously, COVID was a very big part of it. Um, you know, I remember when we were sitting here, um, a few months ago, and we were talking about, you know, who might win the league, what was going to go on. Um, and I remember at that point, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think that um, Leo was even first at that point. And we were all like, well, you know, I don't know what's really going to happen. Like, And I ended up saying, hey, look out for Leo because they don't have a European competition anymore because they were knocked out of European competition. Oh, they were first, but I we thought we had said before that they, they might falter. Anyway, the point is, I think that, you know, they had less matches. They had a consistent team. Um, and they, you know, were shown mercy. I think, just like you said, PSG had multiple options of, you know, going top. We lost against Monaco. We lost against Lille. Uh, we lost against Marseille. Um, and then we also lost against teams that are not them. So, you know, eight defeats in a season. Um, that's what that's what uh, you know. You're just giving the, the league title to a team that that uh, finished with 89 points. No, I, I echo a lot of what you just said there. And uh, how, how much do you think that the manager change in the middle of the season had to do with this? The team was obviously struggling. If you look back at that December period, PSG had some head scratching losses, maybe a draw or two in there. I mean, the, the form was awful and. I know I was like Tuchel out. Mark Damon, who's on the show quite a bit, he was he was Tuchel out. I can't remember what you were, but do you think that that change in manager almost gave the the squad an excuse as to say, well, if we don't win it, you know, we had a new manager come in halfway through the season. It's COVID. I just feel like the season had a lot of excuses baked in for the team, and sometimes players who are clearly tired may say, 
you know, maybe not. I think they were giving their all, but it did feel like maybe there's an excuse baked in there that that's why, you know, if they didn't win, it, not that it's okay, but there's a reason why. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think it, it definitely there is a there is a there is a factor there to consider 100%. I was never fully Tuchel out. I did want it it did get to a point where I was happy to, you know, see him go um not necessarily because I just thought that he, you know, needed to be fired or because he was absolutely terrible. I was more of the Tuchel outbound because I thought that he had just, you know, finished his cycle taken us to a point in world football where I think, you know, he had reached his limitations, um, specifically, you know, talking about the type of relationships that he had with other important staff at the club, with other players. Um, and and we know that he does this. So I, I agree that, you know, the manager had to be had to be changed. And and I do think that it played a role in us not being able to, you know, win the league. But I don't think it was necessarily down to the fact that, um, you know, Pochettino you know, was worse or that, you know, it was specifically because of that. I think that the reason comes down more to, um, you know, first of all, our very good run in Champions League that should not be, um, you know, discredited just because we didn't make it to the final. We, we made it to the semifinals. We knocked out really good teams in the process. Um, I think our team was, you know, very tired, just like you mentioned. And I think that was something that, that obviously played a huge, huge part um, on that development of, of the season. And if you look at the games that PSG lost, a lot of the games that PSG lost were in the games that were either in between two legs of the Champions Leagues or there were games that, you know, it was before Champions League uh, first leg. Um, so you can tell that the players, you know, they were concentrated on something different. We were all kind of like aiming for that Champions League. Um, next game, we were going game by game think that you know combining all of that pressure trying to perform in european competition being up against a team that has been so clinical um except for very very few mistakes that is deal um i think that the, that the change of manager definitely had an influence um but it was more because um after we beat barcelona it kind of became of well let's see how far we can go in the champions league maybe we can make it and that just automatically, even if the players don't realize it, that just automatically puts the league on the on the on the back burner. Definitely, I think you make a really really good point in that you look at the the season and there were a lot of games after Champions League matches where we just dropped points or we lost altogether. Um, clearly, the team was tired, and I don't know if you can really blame that on a manager. I just think this is just this crazy season that we've been in with COVID and players out because they're testing positive and players getting tired and picking up a lot of muscle injuries. Anyone who's a PSG fan knows that the muscle injury is like the most common thing that players suffer. So it's, it's, it's crazy. But I think if you look back, you know, you could really, I mean, the start of the season, which kind of sort of makes sense because the team didn't make the final. So they didn't have as long as a, of a break as other teams. And you look, they opened the season with the loss to Lons and then Marseille and then overall, PSG had eight losses in the league, which they should never, ever have in, in domestic play. And those four draws were almost as painful because you look back and it's like PSG were probably pushing and they were just getting stopped. Teams were, you know, counter attacking us. And it's just it's too many draws. It's too many losses. It was just a season unlike any other. I don't think we'll see it again. I don't think this is something that's going to be like an epidemic and league on has now the teams have just gotten so much better. We're going to talk about Lille in a second, but... 
I don't think this is a case where the league has gotten so much better. I think there's been a slight improvement, but I think it's more that PSG have come down due to being tired and lack of rest. Um, and I think the manager change did have something to do with it. Not that Poch is a bad manager, but I just think learning a whole new system, different training uh, tactics and all of that, I just think it was a whole new thing for them, and it takes time to adjust. Um, right. On the go, on the go, yeah, it's very hard. Very hard. Um, let me see what else we got here. So I mentioned Leo. They're the champions. Congrats to them, I suppose. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, let, let's talk a little Leo football here for a second. There's this expectation, and I think they just sold their uh, goalkeeper, Mignon, who's a former PSG keeper, but um, and I think Milan is going to be taking him. But what is the what are your thoughts on this expectation that Leo is just going to blow up their team? All their best players are going to get signed by their... And you say, a lot of people will say, oh, well, they need the money, you know. But I'm thinking, you qualify for the Champions League, that's going to be an influx of cash. You're going to have fans in the stadium, hopefully, this this you know next season so that'll be more money coming in is it not worth keeping your best players and making a run in the champions league seeing if you can get to that knockout stage where you would get even more money coming in i i I just i don't unless all these great players that they have are all on one-year deals and you have to sign or else you lose them for nothing then sure but if you have them for a little while a couple years or whatever keep the squad make a run at it yeah, no, I agree. I 100% agree. And and I think that, not to get a little bit too off topic here, but I do think um, that, you know, this situation, or, or just like you said, um, we, or I at least personally, don't expect um, every league on season that's to come to be something similar to what we saw today or this, or this last season. Because if you think about the development of the entire season, of the all, all of the 38 games, the the league was always against us and you know we started losing our first match day which we started late because for some reason the federation thought it would be a good idea to to put the opening match day on the same day that we could have potentially played the champions league final which you mentioned um and just from there you already are starting on the left foot we started late um you know leal had less pressure they had been, you know, second last season. We know they had a good team. Um, but, you know, that's that's French football. That's French football. And I think that uh, me as a, you know, relative new fan of French football compared to other players, uh, who, I mean, to other people who have seen French players and French football during decades so far, um, I think everybody could talk to how, you know, French football works and how there are uh, peaks and, and times, um, you know, there, there are eras for French teams, um, you know, through time. And I think that that the reason why we're or we were accustomed to these to this system, especially prior to, you know, um, QSI, is that the, the French league and the French teams have always been known to be very resourceful and they can take a group of um, a group of experienced players. Right. Just like Lille did this season um, and a group of new, exciting players just as Leo did this season, and form a very, very strong squad, you know? And every time we've seen a French team that has been able to perform at this level, they've always had some sort of variant of this combination, right? When we saw the Nice, uh, that one uh, that um, didn't win the league, but that was very competitive the, mm-hmm. the season that Monaco won the league, um, they had players like Dante and, uh, you know, Cyprian and, 
and these young, you know, exciting players that were coming up the ranks and these, these you know, veteran experienced players that, uh, you know, were holding down the forts. And I think that's the same, the same uh, combination that we're seeing now with Lille. And you see that with players like Jose Font, um, you know, combining expertly with, um, what's his name, Botman. Um, yes. And they've, they've been one of the, the best pairings of, of centre-backs in Ligue 1. Um, I think, you know, one of them should have been maybe in the in the ideal 11, if you ask me. But mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, this is a formula that we've known. And this is a formula that has happened before in French football. And I think that the end of this formula is, like you said, a massive exodus of the team. The French League has never been a league where, you know, teams have a lot of money. Um, I remember, you know, reading that the, our, our TV contract, when we used to have one, was, uh, you know, less than less than a fourth, less than a, less than a fifth than, than whatever, you know, the Premier League gets. So it's impossible to expect these, these teams to be able to keep up that level of players. But what I do think that can happen, and this is me, you know, talking separately because I am very angry that Marc Mignot is going to <laughs> Milan because what is he going to go do there unless Donnarumma is leaving for some reason that I don't understand. I don't know if, if he's just going to go and waste his career because I, we've always known he was a brilliant goalkeeper. Right. But um, I think what I'm trying to say is that Lille have a very strong, um, you know, system in terms of how the, their club works. And it's it's been coming for a couple of years now. Yes, last season it gave a, a good result. This season it gave an incredible result. Um, but they're gonna have to find that the, the players that they want to replace because I think that the best approach they can take is an approach better than what Monaco or Ren did, where they got rid of a bunch of players um, and then brought in a bunch of you know promises and then try to make try to make good on it. I think that, they, that what they have to do is they have to, if they if they really need to sell and they need the money, you know, sell your players. Sell maybe Bodman or maybe, you know, Ikone. I don't know who, who you want to keep on the radar. But, you know, keep players that have come to Lille to make it the team that it is. You know, keep your 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 uh, your backbone. Keep Andre. Keep Font. Um, you know, keep David. Keep Yilmaz. You know, we know the old players are going to stay there. So now it's important for them to get a new batch of young, exciting players that can perform, that, that we can have a certain level of guarantee that they can perform at that level. So uh, we can see at least uh, a very interesting side next season in the Champions League and hoping that it doesn't happen what happened to Stade Rennes this season when they were absolute shambles in, in European competition. Yeah, exactly. It does French football no good to have these teams qualify for the Champions League only to get in there with a team that looks nothing like the team that got them in the top three of the French League the year before. I agree. I, I think Botman, he, he was a fantastic center back this season. Even his name, Sven Botman, I mean, just sounds like a Premier League player. I could see him at West Ham or something like that. You know, yes. I don't know Leo's finances or anything like that. And maybe they've got a, a whole new uh, cast of youngsters that are really ready to come in and, and fill in these places. But I just think if you if you can, if the club can function without selling and gutting your entire team, Go for it, you know, show some guts and go for it and keep your team together. Yeah, and then uh, Mike Mignon, I don't even know why he would be leaving. It seems like a, a quasi situation where you're leaving to go to a, a legacy club and you're just going to sit on the bench. I don't know why he would do that. Very interesting, but that's enough Leal talk uh, for right now. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about when you look back on the season, I think, and stop me if I'm wrong, would you agree that the 4-1 the win over Barcelona is probably the highlight of the season with Mbappe's? Hat trick. 
You're thinking? Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I think it. I think it depends who you ask because for me personally, I think it's the away win against Bayern. Mm, but okay. um, I think they're right there. You know, it's yeah. one of the two. Okay. Well, so for me, you know, the Mbappe hat trick and all that, just based on that performance alone, would you say that Mbappe was PSG's best player, most valuable player? Or do you think there was another player in the squad who is worthy of that honor? I know this is football. They don't like American sports. They give out the MVP like in basketball and stuff. They don't really do that. Um, They don't have the MVP per se. But if there was an MVP of PSG right now, who would it be for you? Um, If you ask me, and obviously I'm biased, but I think that... um, uh, you know, Mbappé, if he wins the Euros, he can he has a, a decent shout at a Ballon d'Or. That's at least my opinion. Um, we should tell you all you need to know about who I think was our best player this season. Um, you know, being top goal scorer in the um, he was, I think, the second top goal scorer in the Champions League. Yeah, 40, um, 40 goals this season, I think it was. Yeah, he yeah. was the top, top goal scorer in the, the Coupe de France, uh, Coupe de France champion. Uh, he, you know, he's incredible. He performed at an incredible level throughout the season. Um, and I do remember uh, during the group stage that he was having a tough time. I think it was like a year since he had scored in the Champions League or something like that. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. A, full, a full year and he didn't score. It was, uh, I think it was a topic quite a few times here on the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, he came, he came back from whatever that inconsistency was. I think you and I and all... PSG fans, we can agree that um, you know Pochettino absolutely. If, if he did, if he managed to do something, was you know bringing Mbappe back and and you know make him score goals again, uh, score goals again, and, and be dangerous and and you know find that space, which I think is very important because I think that for a long time um, he was trying to name or rise his style of style of play, and that acted more to his detriment than to his benefit because he is not the same type of player that Neymar is. Um, so even though I think that um, Marquinhos could be potentially, or Navas could be potentially right up there with him, um, I think Mbappe does take it. Um, I wouldn't have given him maybe league on player of the season, but um, I think that he's demonstrated in every single competition that he is incredibly important. Um, and you know, when you combine a player like that with, with other great stars like Marquinhos, Navas, and of course Neymar. Um, you know, this team has, has no ceiling. No. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And you mentioned Neymar a couple of times, so I want to get to him next. You're a teacher. What grade would you give Neymar for his season? This is something that came up in our live stream on, on the final match day. And it, it gave me a pause. Like, how would I rate his season? Uh, so I wanted to get that from you, your expertise. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely have to think about it. I would probably give him a B because um, his end to the season was atrocious, um, and we know that that the 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 um, the, the, the LFP mm-hmm. is a complete mess when it comes to you know you know deciding suspensions and and doing all all of this stuff. They they took him out of the Coupe de France final. You know the the only one. The only one, um, the only one tr- uh, trophy final that we were able, even able to contest. Uh, well, if you if you don't count the Trophée des Champions, yeah, but we don't, um, we don't count that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, I was very disappointed with his ending end of the season. You know, his he didn't come up to the level that he needed to come up um, against Manchester City. 
he didn't play the France the end of the end of the Coupe de France. He, you know, wasn't able to become too too dangerous or too decisive in any of the last few games of the season. So I think that you know the end of the season was completely disappointing, and I would not be able to give him anything higher than a B for that. Um, and the only reason why I do want to give him at least a middle B or a B minus is because I would could say solely because of his performance away against Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> because you know the type of the type of movement that he had, the type of space that he found, the type of um, you know he was running circles around you know the midfielders of one of the best teams in the world. So if he's able to do that, he's going to be my favorite player, and he should stay with us until he's forty. But but uh, the end of the season was atrocious, and and this time we can't just choke it into injury. This this is a mental thing as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I think you have to at least start Neymar at a B if there's no controversy involving him. You know, if he doesn't ask to leave, if there's no crazy parties. So you start him at a B. So at bare minimum, he didn't do any of that stuff. So we'll give him a B. Um, COVID probably helped. I don't know how much party you can do right now in Paris with that going on. Um, he wasn't there for the Barcelona tie. And so Mbappe had to, to carry the team through that. But I think you're right. I think Neymar showed up for that Bayern Munich tie and did really well and got us past them. Um, but then it just kind of fizzled out. I do wonder if getting over those two huge humps for PSG and then having to do it a third time was just too much for them. And, and Manchester City, you can give them credit, but I, I think at least in the first 45 minutes of that first game, we, we had them on the ropes a bit there. But, yeah, yeah it just kind of fizzled just, out. So, yeah, go ahead. I just said if Verratti would have scored. Oh, I know. As I just say, it's a season of what if. So, for me, I give, I'd give Neymar a B plus. I think that's what I would give him. Um, yeah. And we've got him for a few more seasons now, so we don't have to worry about Barcelona and all this other stuff. So he'll be there. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah. Copa America is is going on, but not in Colombia. Do you have an update on that? Yes. So, okay. um, well, first I would will say that one of the highlights of the season was um, Neymar signing his contract extension and, you know, people on Twitter just stitching all of the, you know, Spanish media uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> How many times? Like even like the day before, they were like Neymar's been in contact with Barcelona. He wants to return. Like, they just they have no credibility. It's just yeah, embarrassing. They're just, yeah, they're just making stuff up. So yeah. so it was a highlight of my season uh, to be able to to you know refute all of that and just be like, see, this is proof that the Spanish media doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, but. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's really it's really hard. I'm 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 glad Neymar's staying. Of course, I you always want to have Neymar on your team, um, but you know we we've talked about this before in this podcast. You know he's he's coming he's becoming of age, um, and and you know we still can't see that absolute consistency of a player uh, that we expected in in a game like Manchester City. Um, especially when I know we needed a goal and I, I can never get this image out of my head how he just got the ball and then just kind of like started walking with it and just completely broke down the attack. So there's definitely things to improve. Hopefully Pochettino will be able to do that. If we keep Mbappe, it'll be even better um, because we will still be able to work with two of the best players in the world. And that's always something nice. Um, in terms of summer... Um, you know, summer competitions. Colombia is having a very, very difficult time right now um, because of some of their COVID finances. Um, they're not able to afford 
a multitude of sub of um, subsidies that they used to previously be able to afford. So and so and so because of that, people are rioting, um, and the Colombian government has decided to respond to those riots with um, probably the worst thing you can respond with is uh, you know riot gear. <laughs> so. Um, they, it's just better for them not to be able to host the tournament at this moment. And the sole responsibility will fall in Argentina. You mentioned Neymar coming of age, and then it just hit me. That sounds like a great name for like a Netflix special. If they want to do one for next <laughs> season and have the cameras follow Neymar coming of age. Absolutely. I would watch that. <laughs> uh, let's talk Pochettino a little bit. You know, you got PSG to the Champions League semifinal. Okay, that's good. That's good. Not, but not too bad. Uh, but he couldn't deliver league on. That's disappointing. How long does he get next season? Um, I saw, I think it was the Sun. I, I almost hate giving them credit, but they said something about maybe Zidane leaving Real Madrid. If that were to happen, I think PSG would sack Pochettino immediately and bring in Zidane. But let's just say that doesn't happen. Let's just sit that aside and just focus on Pochettino. How long do you give him next season before you're ready to make a change from him? Is it a case maybe like Tuchel, if he has a string of losses in November, December, time to move on? Or what do you think? Hmm, it's That's a, that's a definitely a tough question. And it's funny that you mentioned Zidane because I was like, I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe he'll just leave Real Madrid and then go to France and win the World Cup and just prove that, you know, football is just too easy for him. <laughs> but... Um, just yes, like Mbappe, would, it's too easy. Yeah, absolutely. I would take Zidane in a heartbeat, but I'm also very happy with with our with our coach. And and you see, I'm I'm very very um you know very weird, very specific in these types of things because I am in love with our technical staff right now. You know, from Nasser to you know Papus Camara, uh, Pochettino, Leonardo all being, you know, XPSG, all being, you know, part of the club. They know the, they know the culture, they know the city, they know uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're part of, of our club, you know. So I am very, very happy to have players that are s- such embedded, such deeply connected um, or staff that is such deeply connected to the team, uh, running the team. Because, you know, even if they might not be the most technically adept or even if they have mistakes, you know that they will always give 100% for the club. And that's something that a lot of times you can't take for granted. Um, I think our season, even though disappointing, I think that there is something that we need to con- consider because in a lot of ways, I compare our season to Real Madrid. You know, we were one game away from making the final of the Champions League, two from potentially winning it. We, you know, battled the league out until the last day where Lille had to win for them to win the title, not we didn't lose or anything. Yeah. They 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 won the game that they had to win, um, and you know we won the cup. So that's even doing one better than Real Madrid. So you know what 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 is the what is the what what is the the preference? What do we what do we prefer? Do we prefer being able to run and make it to the semifinals of the Champions League and you know potentially miss out on a title because as we already talked about, the Champions League was a very big reason for us you know, losing a bunch of points throughout the season? Or would we have preferred dropping out of the Champions League early and being able to focus fully on our domestic competition? You know, we almost won the league. We almost won the Champions League. And, you know, we we won the the, the cup and we won the Trophy de Champions. So in a, in, in a way, is a much better season that 
what some of the other top clubs are, are having. Yeah. Um, so but you know what they say, you know, close and almost only count in grenades and horseshoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That say. is true. That's true. Um, but uh, so I think that in terms of how much we gave Pochettino is, you know, I think he had a rough season. I'm disappointed with this season because I wanted to win the trouble. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I, you know, I take football for what it is. Um, I think now he has a summer. Now he has, you know, an entire half a season ahead of, uh, you know, behind him where he could he could prepare many, many things. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, he has to start showing something. And I am the kind of I am the kind of fan that likes long projects. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like he was at Spurs for a long time. And a bunch of the time he looked a little inefficient and, you know, eventually ended up making them Champions League regular, something that they don't seem to be doing anymore. Um, so who I knows? Think they fin- I think, I think that- Spurs finished in eighth this year in the table. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah, seventh or eighth. So um, so in that, in that case, I think that it's always a better idea to, you know, just uh, you know, run, let let managers run their contract, and and you know we should still be able to to win some trophies, and we should still as as long as we you know stop you know we stopped our shambolic exits from the Champions League. That's the only thing that I cared about. Uh, now you know, give it to the manager. I think that you know people start getting impatient after a year, but personally for me, you know he he needs to take as long as it takes. Give him a, a long contract, like a cholo, four or five years, whatever it takes. Um and and you know he'll be able he'll he'll be able to do something. He's a good he's a good yeah. coach. I'm just not sure like who else is out there that I would really want more than Pochettino, other than Zidane. I think Zidane is like, you know, like the ace. You know, if he becomes available, you like he trumps everything. You go for Zidane, but other than that, I just don't know if there's any managers available right now that are just so much different than Pochettino would do anything really different or raise the level of play. So I think I think you're right. Let's stick with them. Let's ride with Pochettino as long as possible, and then uh, if Zidane comes available, let's go get him. But there's really no nothing credible that says that's going to be happening. Now, right. everyone, and we'll get to some uh, Twitter questions here in a second, but everyone's been chiming in. They want to talk about transfer rumors and all that. But what I want to ask you, you don't have to give me any names or anything like that, but like, what is what should be on PSG's checklist right now? What must they do this summer? For me, number one, Mbappe extension. I think you have to get that done. I'd love another year just to push everything off just for one more season. And then I think you need to get, absolutely need to get a right back in. World-class right back. Someone who can to play. I, I just don't think we have a, a Champions League caliber um, right back that can win the, the tournament right now, unfortunately. Um, I think a left back as well. Doesn't need to be world-class, but I think you need to have someone serviceable. Because we don't know what Juan Bernat's status is going to be coming off that knee injury. I also think you need a uh, center back for depth reasons. We're really thin at center back. And I'd like to see another midfielder come in. So that's my checklist. Do you have any changes from that? No, absolutely. I agree. And, uh, and uh, I, I mean, I, I, from, the, from the start to the finish, I, I think it's so important that we you know, figure out the Mbappe situation if we want to think about anything else because, and I saw Mark Damon tweet on this uh, because he was talking about how, you know, the, the Neymar extension was giving us, you know, some sort of freedom now because um, it at least tied him to the club. So now at least we can like focus on whether we're trying to sell Mbappe and, you know, use that money to build the team around Neymar 
or are we trying to keep Mbappe and kind of like extend this situation we got going on for a little, a, at least a few more seasons? Um, and you know, I think that with Zidane probably set to leave Real Madrid, they don't have as much leeway on Mbappe as they think they have. I don't think that they're going to take him. I don't think that Mbappe is going to leave. Um, well, let me let I me think- jump in there because I think there was a quote that I want to that to that point. There was a recent quote from Mbappe. He says, "We're going to do things in the right order, whether it's one way or the other. What I want is to win. Feel like I'm somewhere I can win. Where there is a solid project around me. The footballing project is essential. I don't think there's any team in Spain right now. The two the two big teams, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they're not they're kind of a shell of their former selves. I mean, is that a footballing project that you think a player like Mbappe would want to be a part of right now? You got one that's basically bankrupt, and then the other one." is um, in Real Madrid. They have some nice players, but they also have some not-so-great players that are very expensive that they'll have to move on. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think that, you know, unserious, unserious projects. Spain is shambles right now. La Liga is finished, finished, absolutely finished. If you see any of the top clubs that, you know, three, four, five years ago were dominating world football, you know, were winning, Real Madrid won three Champions Leagues in a row, you know, with, you know, some referee help. But yeah, at the end of the day, you do what you do. And and uh, right now you have, like you said, you have one team that's absolutely, absurdly in debt, and and you know they, they don't seem to to have a way out of it, um, especially now that you know Neymar is making less than Antoine Griezmann is. Um, so oh, that's, pain- that's that's painful. Yeah, that's uh, that's how you know how how bad how bad negotiators they are. And then on the other side, you have a team who is a bunch of old stars who, you know, are one season older. There's no money to renew um, the, the, the team. They, they don't have a, a sporting project. They're just trying to make it last as long as they can. And so I, I don't see any, any serious offers for Mbappe in Spain. I just don't see it. Um, I, I know he does like Real Madrid, and, 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 and I think that's, you know, it's been a, a part of his dream or whatever it is. But... You know, soccer players are the ultimate competitive people, and they don't want to go and play for for a name. They don't. They, they want to go and play for for a team that can bring them trophies and for a team that can that can compete in the best level. And I think that you know we're entering a era where, unfortunately, the money in the Premier League is going to dictate a lot of things that are going to happen in the future, and we're going to have very strong English teams in the Championship. Um, so. Mbappe's best bet is to stay at a team where he is already an undisputed starter, where he's already um, one of the best scorers in Ligue 1, um, and where he's able to, you know, fight for every trophy every 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 week and every every season. So I think that he needs to stay. I think that they need to figure that stuff out. They need to they need to you know make him sign his make him sign his new contract as soon as possible. Um, even if so, just to, you know, be able to sell him for more, even later. Exactly. You don't want to lose him for free. For some reason, I feel like he probably would want to go to Liverpool. That's the team that's been rumored a lot. I just don't think Liverpool could ever afford him without completely gutting their team. Yeah. No, I, I, think they, I think they want him, and, and maybe that's a footballing project with, with Klopp there and, and some of the nice pieces that are there, but... I just don't see how that deal could happen. All right, Kose, we're going to get out of here in momentarily. However, we've got some listener questions from Twitter. So thank you all who have sent those in. Um, I want to start with our friend Ethan Budowski. Go Marlins. He uh, tweets about the Miami Marlins a lot. Um, 
But he says, thoughts on Kamavinga. And then he wants to know, what are some low-key signings you guys would want PSG to make? How urgent is the need to take the burden off Kempembe with a big center-back transfer? I don't think it's high, but curious what others think. Um, I'll, I'll go down one by one here. So thoughts on Kamavinga. I love it. I think I said during the live show that I think that Mbappe wants some of his French national teams to come into PSG. And I think he's probably been recruiting Kamavinga. I think this is a deal that could get done. Um, there was a report today that he has turned down a contract extension from Ren and that he wants to go to PSG. And so now I guess it's up to PSG. Do they want him and do they want to pay the price for him? knowing that his contract is running down and he wants to leave could probably help with that price. Um, but I think he's the type of midfielder, someone who's really, really good on the ball, who can create. He, he's tall. He, he's physically um, the type of midfielder that we need. So I think that's absolutely a transfer that PSG yeah. should pursue. And then in terms of some low-key signings, I mean, there's really nothing low-key with PSG, especially this this summer. I mean, you've got Messi, Ramos. You know, you've got some of these these uh, very notable players that have been rumored. But one player that I've always liked is over at Wolfsburg. Um, is is uh, he, he's very versatile. He can play left back, right back, even play a little center back. And I think with this PSG side, you need a player like that. But Kevin Mbabu, um, I just think he he has the type of pace, and he's. I think people know about him, but I, th- I I consider him under the radar at Wolfsburg. I think he's a, a player um, that uh, PSG should be looking for. And then what are the other questions? Oh, urgent. Um, with the center back transfer, I would say we talked about him, but Sven Botman, why go to the Premier League? Let's bring him in. He could play with uh, Mitchell Bacher. I think they're both from the Netherlands. Bring him in. He had a great season at Lille. Let's keep that... There's French players, not French, but he was in the French league. Let's let's keep a player in the French league and not let him escape and keep him um, in France and at PSG. I think he's a center back who would be a really solid signing for PSG. So that's all my word vomit. What do you think about that, Kose? No, I agree. I agree. And, and, and it's time. It's time. You know, every single top team in the world, you're going to see them get the bulk of their talent from their own league. Why can't we do that? Why are we not able to do that? Why can't we, you know, do what Bayern does? And, and you know, not to say that, you know, debilitating the league. You're not debilitating the league. You're, you're providing funds to your, comp- to your competitors. And you are should be at least in a pole position to sign players that are already familiar with your league, that have already been proven to be good players in that league, and that have already proven to be some of the best players that you can get. So I think that Camavinga is a must. We must bring him to the Parc de France. Um, and, and, you know, even though I would love um, Bodman, I think that, you know, we should pay whatever the price is. And, and I'm not sure what, you know, the situation is um, in terms of the financial fair play, um, because I was reading earlier in the year that there was hope that they would kind of release us a little bit, which would be nice. Um, but you know, pay whatever you need to pay. I think it's an insult to PSG the type of prices that other teams in this league want to sell us players for. Because I know that Camavinga was rumored forty million to the Premier League, and now that he's it's being 100. linked to us, we're saying a hundred million. So it's, there's no way. It's an insult that that they want PSG to, to pay that when we're not even the team that has statistically yeah. spent the most transfers during the last five six years. Get, so, get rid of financial fair play. We need like price gouging uh, rules in place. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, exactly. Uh, so I think that you know, bring bring Kamavinga in as quick as you can. 
do whatever it takes to do that. I agree with 100% with what you say. He's exactly the type of player that we need right now, especially because our midfield, and we saw this against teams that, you know, Barcelona, Bayern, both of them were able to take the ball away from us. So clearly we're, we're still we're still needing to improve our situation in midfield. So bring him in. Um, I would say bring Awa in as well. Hey, um, yeah. I would, I would, you know, bring in Sergio Ramos. I don't care. Uh, bring in, you know, Mbabu has always, I have always loved him because I am a very big fan of the Sweden, of uh, the um, young boys from Swiss, okay. from Switzerland. Um, and that's where he started playing. So, um, yeah, I, I've seen him, you know, drop some some assists on Guillaume Orao that used to, you know, score the goals all for young boys. But um, I love Mbabu. I love Mukiele, who's been sounding us for PSG as well. Good, yeah. Uh, that was rumored today. He's another at uh, Leipzig. Yeah, so that would be very nice. Um, you know, get, get, we need to we need to sort the fullback situation as soon as we can, um, and and just pray that Bernat is going to come back to the level that he was before he got injured. We had a question come in. Um, so I'm trying to look for it here. They they asked to. Oh, here it is from Bikram at F O L L O B J. But just any chance of Leonardo getting fired? I think if he does not address this fullback position. It's a fireable offense. You cannot go yes. into another season with this. I'm sorry, you just no, can't I, do it. I I agree. Hey, I agree completely. I think that you know I I and I love Leonardo because yeah, me too. You know he is like I said, he's part of the club. He's part of the part of the of the of the DNA of the club. So I love having somebody like Leonardo in here. But we have to be realistic. It's not possible that we've run without fullbacks in these competitions for the last four years. And on top of everything, our, our team against Bayern, against Barcelona, felt completely unbalanced. It felt like we, you know, we had to hold on for dear life and then just huff the ball up to Neymar and Mbappe and, and make something happen. So I, I think that, you know, he needs to make sure that we have quality players in the midfield, you know, because of course we do. We have Berratti, we have Paredes, you know, Ghana has his day. So it's not like we're poor, but... We can't we can't be having players like Herrera start a Champions League semifinal. We can't be having players like Danilo, you know, be be covering up for center back. We need no. to address these problems, and that's what he's supposed to do. So you know, bring in Camavinga, bring Awar, bring Ramos, bring Mutelli. You know, spend whatever you need to spend, but make it happen. Yeah, make it happen, or it might be time to move move on once again. I mean, he left us before; he can leave again. You got to address these. I mean, the the issues are so glaringly obvious. Um, let's take one more. This one comes in from Philip Ortiz at that dude Phil ninety six, and this is a topic I'm fascinated about. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. But he asks, "What channel will televise League on now or in the near future? Since being sports might go extinct in the USA." Um, of course, he's he's uh, speaking about La Liga signing with ESPN for over a billion dollars, something like that. Um, it is interesting. I mean, League On is probably the biggest league now that they have, but the the channel is so hard to get. They're only on so many platforms. Um, you could pay for like Fubo TV and get it that way, but I just I don't know how a, a network can survive. I think what complicates that is you know Nasser is is at the top of BN Sports and BN is a Qatar organization, and so we all know who owns PSG, and so I think. I don't know if they would let it go, but it might be to their detriment. I think they do need to look for the highest bidder. I mean, if the Belgium league can go to ESPN and the Scottish league can go to ESPN and uh, we saw Serie A went to CBS, I believe, 
I have to imagine someone would be interested in one of the top five leagues in all of Europe, especially with a team with Mbappe and Neymar. And you know, Neymar is going to be there for several more years. I mean, just him alone, you know, you could you could probably get the rights for league on for not a lot of money. Um, I wrote I wrote a p far not a lot of money, but like far less than the one point four billion um, that they that ESPN paid for um, La Liga. I wrote a piece. I think that Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, should make a play for the French league. They are looking to get into live TV a lot. And I think this would be great programming to have. I don't know how they sell subscriptions or what, you know, to make money off that investment, but I think Twitch would be a really cool thing. It's something innovative. Everyone else is going to these traditional players. I, I think if, if the LFP could sell the rights um, or be in could sell the rights, I'm sorry. Um, I think that'd be really interesting to be on Twitch next season or in the in seasons coming up. What do you think about that? No, I agree. And and you know, I haven't heard the I hadn't I hadn't heard the the Twitch option, but that definitely sounds like something that, that would be very, very beneficial. Um because they did, did um the, the La Liga move is something that has been troubling me because um And they and their contract has- their contract was um till twenty twenty three or four. Yeah. So it like B and got out of that con they sold it before they had to, they had them under contract and they sold it. So it's not like, and, and, and league on is under contract, but it's not like B and won't sell to, if the right offer comes in. Right. No, I agree. And, 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 uh, that's the thing I, I, you see, I watch a lot of La Liga. This is probably the, the, the most, the most, the league that I watch the most. Um, and, I was very worried because I pay for football TV. So I was going through being sports to watch the Liga. And I am going through being sports to watch PSG. Um, and one of my favorite commentators um, or, or yeah, sports commentators, um, his name is Jaime Macias. He is actually Ecuadorian and he works for being sports and had been doing La Liga for a bunch of years. Um, he was saying that, you know, contracts come and go, just like you said, you know, sometimes they do ESPN, sometimes they do CBS, sometimes they do other ones. Um, but I do think that, you know, if you're losing La Liga, if you're being sports and you're losing La Liga, I don't think that the French League and um, the Turkish League, which I think is kind of like the other big one that they have, um, is going to be enough. You know, it's just not going to be enough. And I think that you need to... Uh, hopefully it won't be sold to ESPN because we we know the amount of of, uh, of football that they stream. So Craig, Craig Burley it, would have to actually watch the games then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could be fun. Uh, but if, if they could figure out something like the Twitch situation, I think that would be fantastic because I, for one, would get something like that, and um, you know it would make PSG a lot more accessible to the huge market that is the United States. That is, I don't think yeah. is being taken advantage of. And, and you know what? It's a younger generation. It's different than the traditional, you know, like Premier League fans. I always laugh because it's like the it's like Americans who pretend they're British and they're like, "Oh, I have my you know English breakfast and watch Premier League in the morning." Like you're never yeah. going to get these people. They've been indoctrinated to hate everything about League on and and, and yes. French football. But if you go into Twitch and you market it correctly, I thought like have the players dress up like farmers, like own that farmers league thing. Get some like really young, energetic commentators and and have a lot of fun with it. And have like the comments on the screen during the game. I just think there's so much more that you can do on Twitch than you could do with a traditional broadcaster. And it would be all you would have the whole platform to yourself instead of going to ESPN and sharing with 17 other leagues yes absolutely yeah. I 100% agree. so 
Philip, hopefully we answered your question. And thank you, everyone else um, who sent in a question. Um, we didn't get to all of them, but a lot of the questions we covered in today's show. Um, Kose, we're coming up on time. Thank you so much for joining the show. Let the fine folks out there know how they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely. No, and thank you for having me. I always have such a great time. Um, you guys can find me in at Cosesino on Twitter. Fantastic. And we'll always link to that and tag you when we tweet this show out. Um, I'm at PSG Talk as always. Make sure you visit the website. Now that we are in the transfer season, you can go to the PSG Mercado section and you can get all the latest gossip and rumors and all of that. Hopefully it'll be an action-packed summer. Um, lots to do. Leonardo, I'm sure, is working the phones. Um, but for us, we're going to call it a day. Thank you again, Kose. And thank you everyone out there for listening. Make sure you subscribe and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Adiós.